This is Susan Gaston. Welcome to a special world outreach episode of the Valley Avon podcast. I'm so excited today. We're going to be talking with Valley's very own Cassandra O'Brien. Cassandra and her husband, Fred, serve with Kids Alive in the Dominican Republic, working with children at risk. So sit back, relax, and praise God for the ways that God works through our missionaries. Cassandra, it's so good to see you again. Hi, Susan. Thank you for inviting me. This is fun. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your your and Fred's ministry in the DR? Yes, sure. Um, well, we've been there now for 10 years, and we have done all sort of things for the ministry, depending on what's needed. Um, so right now, I, um, I take... I am the blera. I messed up. <laughs> oh, so I just keep going. Okay. So right now, um, I I am directing the three residential programs um, in Dominican Republic for Kids Alive, and um, Fred is responsible for construction for teams, service teams that come from the U.S. and um, sport ministries, and also to help children. Uh, when they get to an age that they have to transition out of the ministry to help support their transition. That's great. Can you tell me, describe the um, Kids Alive facility in Costanza. What does it look like for someone who's never been there? Yeah. Um, So we have a campus that's um, not usually how the other sites are because we have a school in the same site of the residential program. But in the residential program, we have um, four homes, and that's where the children live with a married Christian couple that have their own biological children and raise um, the children, the other children that comes, as part of their family, mother, um, modeling for them uh, a Christian family and and the love of God. So it's it's a really nice setting. Yeah. So how big are the homes? Mm-hmm. Uh, the homes have three bedrooms, one for the married couple, mm-hmm. the other one for girls, and the other room for boys. And it has a kitchen, a um, washing room area, a laundry room, and a dining room, and a living room, and also a balcony area, gallery where you know, the kids just sit out and play. Yeah. So each of the house parents, about how many kids are they caring for? Uh, 10 now. It used to be 14, 12, and we have decreased that number to 10, including their biological children. So it might be that they have um, three biological children, so they can have seven ministry kids, but we feel that a smaller setting is more manageable and it helps connect better with the kids and provide the care that they need. Oh, that's wonderful. Let's talk about the school. How many students in the school, and is it 
just the kids in the care homes or? Yeah, the school, um, I mean, now it's a school. It, that's a, uh, something that we, we thank God because we started as a care center. Now it's a school. It was approved till um, 12th grade now. So we're con we continue expanding to make room for, for more children. And um, the school also teach children from the community, serve children from the community, not just the residential program. We have kids in the residential program uh, from, it could be any, any age between 3 and 18. And because our school initially was up to, was elementary school only, so we have our the kids from the residential program going to our school till sixth grade, but then going to a private school to complete um, middle and high school. But as we continue expanding our own school, then our kids can stay till whatever grade that is. And the other, but the majority of children are community children, and yeah. they they come in by admission, so they have to fill an application. We usually get a about 200 applicants um, every year, and we can only take 20, 22. Um, and that's because it's the youngest class that empty it out when the kids move up. Right, mm -hmm. right. So once you start running all the way up through 12th grade, how many kids do you think you'll yes, have? Yes, I think we will have um, 350 wow. children in our school. And um, I mean, that is really exciting because we serve really the neediest kids in mm. our community. And many kids that are in the residential program now have come from our schools. So we feel that even though it's not ideal that a child grows um, in a residential program, um, it's a great alternative and the only solution at the time but kids in our school are in in that in those kind of situations, like a step away mm -hmm. from having to need a place in a residential home because of the dysfunctional situations at home. Right, right. So you mentioned that um, the older ones have to go to a private school. Do you actually see them graduating from high school and then going off to college? Mm-hmm. Yes, and we have to walk them too also, um, you know, like in graduations. <laughs> yeah. And um, it is very uh, rewarding to see them um, graduating and to be part of that life event and then um, see them through college if that's what they choose or vocational careers. Most of the kids choose college, which is really, um, it's, it's amazing really because... Um, 85% of um, Dominicans don't even graduate high school. It's, that's the dropout rate in our, in our area. Wow, mm -hmm. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me about some of the kids who have um, graduated high school and transitioned out of the Kids Alive program? Sure. Um, we have, thank God, we have many examples um, because we have even celebrated weddings in our campuses, like, um, and we have grandkids too. <laughs> and um, it's been really a beautiful thing to see how the family have grown and expanded and to see um, 
former um, kids in the residential program to break those cycles and to be able to to marry and to graduate college and to see them also serving again um, in their communities, through their churches, or back in our ministry. So we have a few, um, like right now, for example, in our school, we have six teachers that were part of our programs before. And now they they became teachers and or assistant teachers because they're still in the process of like graduating, but um, wanted to serve in our ministries. We also have others who have come through our program in Constanza and are ser serving in other sites. Like we have one serving in the ministry in Jarabacoa, another one in Casa Monte Plata, and we have another one as a social worker serving in this in Santo Domingo school. Um, so yeah, we see how they become professionals and they have in their hearts to give back from what they have received. I'm impressed that you're obviously um, putting a heart in them to serve. So, mm -hmm. you know, tell me about some of the things that you work, you mm -hmm. try to teach the kids, even when they're young, mm -hmm. about how to live life, mm -hmm. you know, in Christ. Yes, I think that uh, one of the things we do is first we they see servant people because even if you're like we're missionaries but you, we have other national staff that are that are all Christian so they and they know they could be serving for the public sector or in other areas making more money but they're there because they have a heart to serve and they associate um, Christianity with service and loving um, others um, so they have received that. So th by they know that what you receive by grace, you want to give to others by grace. And, and I think it, it just overflows from a heart of gratitude that they want to also make a difference for other, other children like, like, they, like, they, like, like they were at one point. Um, but other than modeling that for them and teaching them um, the love of God and what his word says, they do different projects when they're with us because it's very important that they also develop that, you know, the, that they practice that, that you can be in a position of receiving help, but at the same time, you, you can still give, you know, you, you, God put talents in us and different things that, you know, it could be a word of encouragement. It could be um, helping someone with, with groceries or cooking or cleaning for someone who is ill in our church. And that's something that is instilling them too, since, you know, they're in our programs. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So you mentioned um, that Fred works with the short-term teams. Mm -hmm. What might a short-term team be able to help you with? Well, it has evolved. Um, there was a time that it was mostly construction. I even remember doing that in, in Bible school to the kids. And there's still plenty of that to do. But there's just so many other areas now that um, we're using teams for. We are... We have become better at understanding or being aware of the skills that different people have in, serve, in the service teams. And we just try to connect those skills with needs we have in the ministry. Um, so different things right now, 
we always need training for our national staff. Um, it's they're very different standards for education and career development in Dominican, still as a developing country. So um, teaching and giving them the skills they need to be able to do that full time is a great way of investing a week because it, it's going to multiply, yeah. you know, um, and they can do that with our teachers, like training our teachers, like something so new over there that um, is still in the beginning phases is developing um, IEP or individualized education programs for children, but they don't know really how to do that. There's very, very few um, specialized teachers on um, uh, special education or kids with learning uh, disabilities. So even, even that, like learning to create curriculum that is inclusive and that um, can serve the needs of children who are behind um, and how to, like math and science are areas of great need. Even for our teachers, we have had to do trainings on how to do fractions because that's not something that is taught really to them. Um, so also we, we're working to with multidisciplinary teams and um, anything business-like, like human resources, how to manage people, how to um, um, work as a team, how to communicate effectively, how to use technology. Right now, for the first time, um, our leaders, our, our national leaders have institutional emails. So they are figuring out how to use Outlook or how to use Teams. Um, same with like Microsoft and Excel. And um, we also have psychologists, um, social workers, nurses, um, spiritual coordinators, and like I say, teachers, that all of them need um, help and more training to be able to do their work better. That's great. Now, you mentioned that you've been in the DR for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. So... You were somewhere else before. Yes. You want to tell us a little bit about <laughs> your background and how you got to the DR? Of course. So I was a member of Valley, a very committed member involved in every single activity because Valley was our, really our second home. Like we spent um, like three days of the week we were here because we had children. We had four children and they all were involved like in boys programs, at elementary level or middle school or at high school. And um, so, and, you know, the different Bible studies with the Spanish community that was growing at the time. We were doing Spanish Bible studies and Fred was teaching, helping with ESL things. And then we got involved with, um, the missions um, area and um, yeah so we were we love our life here we were um, very much part of the community I was um, a PTA uh, treasurer of our kids school and Fred was leading sport teams and all of that so we never thought we were called to be missionaries we, we always thought you had to be born with a special kind of gene you know like a to be able to do that. And homeschool, that was something I've never thought I could do. Um, 
you know, we had four kids. And I remember um, even our transition to live in the United States, I, I saw the moms for the first time when they were sending kids to school, they will cry at the school bus. I was just so glad, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have some me time. Um, so thinking about homeschooling, I mean, all of that, it just seemed so distant, but we were glad to serve there, you know, so we will go on different mission trips to, to be a blessing and also to grow out of those experiences for sure. Um, it taught us to be more appreciative and, um, to never forget, you know, how, how blessed we were. But another thing was to move over there. And, um, so we just kept going to Constanza, leading the trips from Valley. And this particular year, the missionaries there that were living there, um, decide that they were their term was over and they were moving back to the United States. And we just saw how the site was being affected by the lack of a missionary family there. They were not hosting teams anymore. And um, all the benefits that teams bring to sites um, and the effect that um, missionaries family has on the local church and also on our site was was missing. So Fred started praying for a family to replace the missionary family that that left. Uh, I remember that last year, the kids, the kids in the residential program were asking me to stay. Why stay? I'm like, I, I, I can't. I, I can't stay. I have to go back home. But why? And then I said, well, I have my kids there. Well, you can bring your kids here. And I'm like... Oh, how do I tell them that I don't want to come? I mean, one thing is to come once uh, in the summers. Another thing is to move here. And I said, well, you know, they go to school there. And they're like, but you can homeschool them like the other missionaries were doing. And I run out of excuses. Um, but I come back and, um, and that's when Fred started praying about that. But I had no idea that Fred was praying for that. I was just living life and just being busy with the kids and driving them to practices and church and all that. But I was in a Bible study called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. Mm -hmm. And that particular Tuesday, they were Luan Terbiak. She's the, she was the leader of that um, group. She was talking about um, how God is, is always at work all around us and he's inviting us to be part of the work that he's doing and that we oftentimes call ourselves or ourselves like disciples but yet when we're called like we just we don't follow and um for whatever reason that kind of stuck with me and one of the ladies in the group i mean there were like 50 ladies there and one of the ladies, you know, she was saying, well, I'm too old. So if God is going to use me, he needs to use me where I'm at because I'm not moving anywhere. And then one lady that, I mean, I saw her there every Tuesday, but I, I we did not sat on the same table. I had no relationship with her. Um, she just stood up and she said that she was moved by the spirit to say that she don't know what God was doing with everyone else, but he knew he was going to move me. And he stood up and he he pointed at me. And then I was like, I, I was speechless. I mean, I, I don't know where that was coming from. But I went home and the whole thing stuck with me. And I remember I was loading the dishwasher and I said, I, I don't know what, what 
what is it that God might have in store, you know, what he is doing that he might invite me to be part of, but whatever that is, I will say yes. Like no questions, I will just say yes. And that's it. Then like a week after, I'm driving with Fred and he says um, that if I could pray for something and I say, sure. He said, well, if God is calling you to do longer term missions, what will you say? And I'm like, well, that's easy. I will say yes, because I already said all that like a week ago. Like if he asked me to go somewhere, I'll go. But why are you asking me? And he said, well, I've been praying for about three months for a missionary family to replace the, the missionary family that left in the DR. And this particular time, I mean, he says, I prayed this prayer for three months. And then this particular time, and I, I swear it was not my voice, said, why not your family? And I, I, I couldn't respond that to that question because really, why not? I've been, I'm praying that someone else give up their comfort, change and transition and do all of these a step, a leap of faith, but why not us? And I couldn't respond to that. And I said, well, if you feel he's calling you, well, he's calling us because we're a married couple, you know, he's going to send us together, but we will need confirmation from, from our church. You know, he will confirm if this is, um, his will. And six months after that, we were, we were living in the DR. So it That's really amazing. happened. Yes. So what surprised you the most when you moved abroad to be a missionary with kids alive in Constanza DR? Well, this is not going to sound fancy at all, actually. What surprised me the most is that, you know, I, honestly, I thought I was going to do something great and was going to be saving children who, you know, were in these horrible circumstances, which, you know, always um, resonated with me because it never, it never escaped to me how blessed we were that we could tuck the kids in bed and, and read books to them and pray with them. And I knew for a fact that there were kids on the street at that very moment who didn't have that. And there's a sense of injustice in that, you know, and I felt like it's not fair. You know, they did not deserve that. They didn't do anything um, to deserve that. And yet my kids are here, you know, Mm. and safe and in a loving home. Um, so I thought I was going to do that, but the, really the first, mm, the first year was transition period. So it was a lot of behind the scene work for me, like homeschooling, which is something I never thought I was going to do and doing a lot of menial tasks. Like, um, like we only had running water, um, three days a week and, and at full day electricity only Sundays, so the water operated with a pu- electric pump. So if there's water that day, but there's no electricity, then we will have no water either. And to do everything from, like from scratch, you know, it just took, I will have to do the, the towels by hand, like wash towels and wring towels. And so my knuckles will bleed and <clears throat> Just to do things that I could multitask here, I'll put the dishwasher and the washer and the lawn and the dryer. It, it just everything simple took forever, um, and it was very frustrating. So really, it was a time of breaking me, you know, mm-hmm. and and showing a lot of things that I was dependent on, 
and kind of weaning off that and being really dependent on, on the Lord and submit like really everything. It's not just going, but then there's so much more that God wants to do in our lives and developing that dependence on, on him. So that to me, that was really what surprised me the most, how, how much I was used to mm-hmm. all these things and, um, having, having to live a, a different kind of life and being more used to, to that, to the behind the scene. Fred was always out and always with teams and always doing things. Um, and then, you know, with time I learned that I was in the right place, but that was just a, a season too. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was really preparing me for what was coming that I had no idea, but now it all makes sense, you know, but, um, but that was a, a very trying time for sure. So you stuck it out. How did you see God come through for you? In so many ways. Um, During that first year that we were there, um, I got really sick too, very sick. And we, I mean, I'm a healthy person and I work out, I eat well, and I was having these awful pains. And we, we said, I mean, this is bad. Because they were every month and they, I, will, I couldn't walk. I will get fever. I will be throwing up. Horrible. And the worst part is that we, there was no reason for that. Like I came back to the United States to find out and they couldn't find anything wrong with me. So there's this part that you become much more aware of the spiritual battle that there is. And I mean, I was coming at Valley when, when I was here, and I know, I mean, the Bible speak about this spiritual warfare, but another thing is to step into that and to experience that at, at a different level. And, um, and it, was, it was very hard because I couldn't serve my family. I couldn't, I felt like a, like a burden. And again, it was more of that breaking me but there was a point where, oh, there was no internet in those times. Uh, I, we had no phone, so we couldn't communicate here. We were the only missionary family there. Um, so we felt very lonely, too. Uh, we didn't have the support network that we used to have before. And the kids saw me crying a lot. Mm-hmm. And I just thought emotionally I was going to be broken because it's like, you're being peeled, you know, all these different layers. And then what you're left with is at your core and all the ugly stuff resides there, you know? So I even started noticing things about me, my pride or lack of patience with things um, to be more, more prevalent. And, and, you know, so I, I depended on God more than ever during that time. And not only a year after it all started to the day, everything disappeared. Um, only by a miracle. I have never had any issues at all of just like that year. But it was like, are you going to stay or are you going to go? Like different things were happening even. Um, not having a home church there, even 
understanding more the culture because I could speak the language, but there's a lot of cultural nuances that you're not aware. Building relationship with people, earning the right to be able to influence, you know, or mm -hmm. be a voice in their life, learning to how, how American ways um, are different, you know, and, and not only culturally, but the way um, the work ethic and a lot of different things. Um, even even how um, how people process loss and, and their pain and how they value relations. Just, um, I mean, and, and to see God in all of that and guiding us. To me, one of the, the biggest lessons, too, was that, you know, when you are, when you are single and you're a Christian, you know, you pray for unemployment or your career or for a spouse, and you're always seeking God's guidance and he got you. Then you become married. Not only you don't pray for yourself, but for your spouse and your children. And then you see God responding to that too. Well, now he was, we were leading a ministry and then praying for specific things and how God was giving us this vision of things and literally we, because there were so many resources that were scarce, like sometimes we had dreams and, and the same night, Fred and I will have the same dream and answer to something we had been praying for. And so we even saw that God's intervention and provision and care in like almost a miraculous way. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your faithfulness to stay, even when it was hard. I mean, I just think of the number of kids um, that have passed through your care in the, what, 11 years that you've been there. Yes, that, that to me, that's what still um, uh, holds like my heart. Is, um, we're doing a lot of other administrative work, too, and with the international office and like supporting the work in other countries too and safeguarding and things that are going to bless many more children but to be able to stay um so close to the children that we have seen um grow in the ministry because many of them now for 14 years we are the only constant person like in their lives and that they will call me mom. Um, um, well, first of all, when I was uh, growing up, like when I was a, t a, um, a young adult, I, I said I did not want to have children. So children was really not my thing. It's one of those things that you say, well, God had, you know, never say never. God has different plans. So we not only end up having, well, three children ourselves, but we end up um, fostering one. And then I remember when I was living here in the valley, I had um, I went into a vintage store and I bought this piece of wood that says, "Who are all these kids and why they keep calling me mom?" Because I just still could not believe it that I said I don't want to have children and then somehow I'm raising four. And when I moved to the DR, I left that um, in storage. And little did I know that eventually I was going to be directing the residential program. And now there were tons of kids calling me mom. And in one of my trips back, um, my mother opened this box and said, you have some stuff in storage here. And the first thing that it's up there is that little piece of wood. And I'm like, 
you know, who, who would have thought? But now I have it in my office there because it's like, well, I thought it was just those four, but more were coming. I just, I was not aware of it at that time. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm just, I'm reminded of the proverb that says her children will arise and call her blessed. And I think on that note, I'm going to pray for you. Father God, I thank you so much for Fred and Cassandra, Lord, in their ministry with Kids Alive. And Lord, I know that you saw how hard the early years were, Lord God, as they were getting themselves established and, Lord, learning how to live among the children there and the workers, Lord. I thank you that your grace was sufficient for them and that you enabled them to stay. Because, Lord, I look at what you've done through them, and I just bless your name. I just bless your name. Father, I ask that you continue to work through them and that so many more children will get the opportunity to call Cassandra mom, Lord, and that you will continue to work through them to bless the children of the Dominican Republic, Lord God, that, that they're raising up a generation of kids who are going to know you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for moving on their hearts and for moving them to obedience all those years ago that they would be willing to go, Lord God, and do this amazing work for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this special World Outreach episode of the Valley Avon podcast. I hope you were inspired to hear about what our missionaries are doing around the world. If you'd like to support our missionaries through prayer or financial support, please go to the Valley Outreach page on our website or use the link in the podcast description. Thank you for listening and have a great day.